Let's pray together. Father, you are so faithful to us. And right now, I just pray that we would open up our hearts to you. There's no doubt that you're saying something today. You're wanting to communicate something to your people. And we say that we lay aside every distraction of the enemy that would try to block our ears from hearing your word. I pray that you would touch every individual in the room and watching over the internet, from the youngest to the oldest. May we be changed by you today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and roll the video. On October 10th, 2018, Hurricane Michael hit the panhandle. Damages were around $25 billion. It was a Cat 5. I personally know of people, because I used to work in that region, who believe it was higher than a 5. You say, well, there's no such thing. Well, when it exceeds the miles per hour based on the categories that they have, when it exceeds those miles an hour, it's beyond. 161 mile an hour winds went through a little place called Mexico Beach. Population about 1,100. FEMA called it a wipeout. 20 feet of water. I know the man who works for the city was at the water treatment place, plant. And he said, I'll never ride it through it again. Never. Today I want to talk to you about the word foundation. The anchor in the storm. I want to speak to you today about how to build and have a firm foundation in your life under your house, so to say. We want to call ourselves a house. This is what I'm referring to. Why is it that when the hurricanes come, some houses stand while others are wiped out? Why is it that some people can stand in the storm of life while yet others get wiped out? People who said that they would go the distance with Christ. People who said that they would be faithful to God to the end. People that said they had integrity. In the olden days, they used to just shake on it. Didn't have to sign a contract. They just shook hands, and it was a done deal. People who said that they were going to give it their all, maybe even told you they would give it their all. People who said, I'll be committed to God for the, all of the days of my life. 
Now, hear me and hear me carefully. I'm not being critical or putting anyone down. Not minimizing their storm or their situation. But what I want to focus on today is having a strong foundation. Because everyone's house is not still standing. John 16, 33, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulations. You're going to have distresses. You're going to have sufferings and frustrations. You're going to be afflicted. But have peace, courage, be filled with joy, be undaunted. In other words, never give way to fear. Be filled with cheer because I have overcome and I have conquered the world. That's what Jesus said. But not everyone's house is still standing. As times go by, people are crumbling all around us. Look at the world that we live in today and what's going on in our nation, in different countries of the world. People are quitting, giving up, having breakdowns, marriages are failing, giving up on the dream that God gave you. I think Brandon referred to that, or maybe it was Nick referred to that this morning. Giving up on your callings and your giftings, why is that? Why is that? I submit to you that it's because not everyone's house was built to last. I remember when my kids were younger, I used to tell them, you better have a real, real relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself. Can't ride my coattails or mom's coattails into heaven. That doesn't work that way. I said, you need to get to know him. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. You need to have convictions. You need to have high standards. Talking to some young people in here. You need to have high standards. And sometimes I would hear this, but dad, they're good people. I'm not talking about good people. I'm talking about godly people that encourage us and challenge us. We must be a people who build strong foundations and we plant our feet firmly on Jesus Christ. Where are the saints? Where are the believers that will remain to the end? Not make a splash, but persevere to the end. Do you know? Do you know of people like that? Who will be steadfast? Who are committed and faithful to God regardless of circumstance?
Not only when it's convenient or when everything's going great. Not just when you get the bonus at work. Not just when everything's going great or you're on the mountaintop. But even when the storms come and the challenges come. When the wind blows 161 miles an hour with 20 feet of water slamming you. When you're struggling in your business or through your marriage or even through parenting. We have a lot of uh, new parents in the congregation. I think we've had, I don't know how many baby showers and diaper drops and there's just a whole bunch through parenting and some of you new parents are like oh wow this is this is difficult just wait till you become until they become teenagers Through difficulties at your place of work or relationships. You say, did you have to say that? Yeah. Relationships. Or through challenges at school, young people. Will we have homes and houses that will still stand? I've noticed as I move through life, not that I'm getting any older... Please don't call me old. I'll have to fix you. <laughs> I am getting old. I'm just teasing. Y'all need to lighten up. <laughs> but don't call me old. As I move through life, I notice that there are some faithful. There are some persevering ones. Think of Tamara in our congregation and Kay Davis. And Matt Hillegoss, who's going through a storm right now. I trust that you're praying for him and believing that he'll get through this storm. Yeah, we pray for each one of you that we know who are facing difficulties. Maybe a loss of a child or a parent. No, we've got to get through this. We've got to be consistent. Where are the people with integrity? That you can count on. You can take the check to the bank. Say, well, what do you know about that? Well, I've been in business for a number of years. Integrity. The ones that have weathered the storm and their house is still standing. And here's what, when I look for these people, here's what I look for. I end up asking myself, would I be able to handle their trial, go through their suffering or their storm? I'm inspecting my foundation, making sure that it's firm, that it can't get washed away. And you know what this does to me? I'll just tell you for me. 
When I look at people who've weathered the storm and I look at their foundation, it causes me to remain humble. Walk humbly before your God. Live humbly in his presence. It's the thing that keeps me motivated to be steadfast. Be immovable. Always excelling. Doing my best. Always doing more than what's needed. Side note, not preaching right now. At your place of work, always do more than what the boss requires. You say, well, that's my, not my job description. I didn't say that it was. Do more than what's needed. Always advancing in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. As I move through life, I notice there are people who are jumping ship, so to say. They have God living in them and the power of the Holy Spirit available to them. And yet they give up following God wholeheartedly when things get tough. Storms will come. Jesus told us that they would come, but he said, be of good cheer. Have courage because I've already overcome. Which tells you and me that our house can be steady and it can still stand like that house that was on the video. We all know that the apostle John wrote, of course, John 1st and 2nd, 3rd John. And in his writings, he has this theme of remaining. Isn't it interesting that Brandon got up here and used the word remaining? And he also used the word abiding, to stay, to be steadfast. God gave John the inspiration to write the book so that we would have them, these books, as an encouragement to us. When you face troubles and trials, you'll want encouragement. And you can look to Scripture and find it there. Some scholars say that 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John is a trio of letters. Go together. John keeps emphasizing the principles of staying and being faithful and maintaining integrity and being committed and abiding and remaining by the power of the Spirit. This principle, these principles, are for every believer. Every believer. New believers... Young believers, older believers, those that are in a storm now, those that are not in a storm right now, those that feel weak, and those that feel strong. It's for everyone. So I'm talking to everyone today. Let me just read a few passages to you. 1 John 2, 12 through 14, and then verse 28 he says, I'm writing these things to you 
My little children, because your sins have been forgiven in the name of Jesus, our Savior. I'm saying these things to you older men, because you have really known Christ, the one who has been alive from the beginning. And to you, young men, I'm taking to you, talking to you because you have won the battle with Satan. I am writing to you, younger boys and girls, because you too have learned to know God our Father. And so I say to you, fathers, who know the eternal God, and to you, young men, who are strong in God's word and hold it in your heart and have won your struggle against the devil. And then in verse 28, and now... My little children, stay or remain in happy fellowship with the Lord so that when he comes, you will be sure that all is well and will not be, have to be ashamed or shrink back from his appearing. Strong words to every stage of life. Encouraging words. John says it all boils down that the reason why you need to remain, you need to care about your house, you need to be sure that it stands. The reason is because Jesus is coming and he's coming back for you and for me. It doesn't matter how famous you are. Or how much money you possess. Doesn't matter, kids, how popular you are in school. Doesn't matter how many companies you've started. It doesn't matter how many Facebook friends you have. Doesn't matter how much education you've gained. God will ask you first, did you know his son Jesus? And then he's going to check your house. He's going to see if it's still standing. He's going to see if you were faithful and a good steward with your time, your talent, the treasures that he gave you. You're going to give an account. So John says to be faithful because Jesus is coming. We could end it right there, but we won't. Jesus is coming. In this passage, John walks through the progression or stages of growth and development in relationship with God. Now, he uses terms that you and I normally interpret as to age groups, but that's not what he's talking about. He's not even talking about male or female. He uses these terms, little children... Young men and older men. Again, not male or female and not age. Not age. So John's talking about stages that we go through in our relationship with Christ. So in, when he calls it little children, he's talking about new believers or believers that are just learning about God. 
And then when he talks about young men, he's referring to people who have walked with God a while and they're gaining history or experience with God. And then he talks, he refers to older people. Those are ones that have walked with God a number of years. They have history with God. So let me jump through these stages real quick. First of all, little children. And I want you to identify yourself where you are in these stages. And I know there's always people who think, well, I'm beyond that and I've passed that and whatever. Listen in humility to the word of God. First John 2.12a. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven in the name of Jesus our Savior. And then 13. Because you have learned to know God your Father. Little children, because your sins are forgiven. We're all at that same level when we come to Christ. It's a level playing field. We all come to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ when we get saved. Why? Because we all have sinned. We all need to be forgiven. Again, little children is not refer a reference to age or human maturity. God is using, uh, John is using this term to discuss the level of relationship with God. That's why the level or the depth of your spiritual walk is not determined by how long you've been saved. People want to argue with me. Well, you know, I've, I've walked with God a long time. I have too. But that doesn't mean that my relationship level with God is advanced. Joe and Steph aren't sitting in here this morning so we can talk about them. <laughs> Two people who've been saved five years. And look at the growth. Look at the spiritual growth in their life. I wish at five years of walking with Christ... I'd have been at their level. I wish. Let that be a challenge to all of us. I have with me. Now you know. You know. I have my friend with me. I have my friend with me. Don't get crazy. He's not going to run anywhere. Just came from my office, that's all. You say, well, what in the world do you have in your office? Well, you should come by sometime and see. Let me illustrate it this way. And this, this dovetails with what Diane said. Zebras travel in herds. Rarely, rarely do you see them by themselves. After a mother delivers her baby... She takes her baby away from the herd for one to two weeks. Now, how many of you know that every stripe, set of stripes on a zebra is different from the next one? Yeah, just like your fingerprints. 
They're different. Especially the configuration that's on the forehead. Now, nothing fancy. This was man-made. But when you look at pictures of a zebra, you'll see what I'm talking about. And so she spends time with her baby alone so that the baby can focus on her stripes. That way, when they go back to the herd where there's hundreds of zebras, the baby doesn't get confused by the other stripes around him. The baby will never doubt the stripes that belong to the one who gave birth to him and the one that loves him the most. How well do you know God? The one that gave birth to you and the one that loves you the most. John's saying the reason that you need to get to know your father in the early stages is because there's a whole lot of imitation stripes out there. There's other configurations. And you need to be clear which stripes you belong to. And stick to those stripes because those are the ones that love you the most and will protect you the most. Get to know your father and you'll never be confused. Nobody will ever be able to deceive you as to who your God is. We all come to Christ at the foot of the cross because we all have sins that need to be forgiven. We all need the grace of God to be poured out in our life. We all need to be connected to the Father. We all need to find out who our Father is by reading the Bible and praying or spending time with Him or as Brandon said, abiding in Him. We all need to develop and grow in our relationship with God because it builds our foundation strong. This stage is so critical in our lives. It's in knowing who God is as our Father that will determine whether our house will stand the test of time. By the way, this message today is not for the person that's sitting next to you. It's for you. Go ahead and just turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. Now turn to the other one and say, you too. We're all little children who have sins that need to be forgiven, who need to find out who our Father is. Never devalue the importance of this stage, this early stage in your walk with God. This is when the concrete gets poured into your foundation. So don't abort this stage. Don't rush it. But remain faithful in this season. Because if you try to get out too soon, or you think too highly of yourself, your foundation will not be firm. It will not. 
There are people who thought they didn't need this early stage. And they're out there believing nonsense, preaching crazy doctrine, getting slammed around by the devil. Their houses are being washed away. Pediatricians will tell you not to bounce a baby on its legs too early because their bones are still soft. This can cause problems even where an individual will limp the rest of their life, not walk properly because of it. John is saying, don't grow up too fast. Remain until God releases you to the next stage. Get to know and recognize the voice of your father. Learn to discern the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Learn to obey every conviction that the Holy Spirit places inside of you. Learn the Father's character through the Bible. And be intimate with God in prayer. Spend time. Because you're going to need it when the storm comes. Even when we transition from one stage to another, we still continue to learn about our Father. Why? Because we're developing our relationship with him. The second stage, young men or young men and women, adolescents, if you will. Again, we're not talking age. We're talking the middle stage of life. How about that? Can we call it that? Verse 13, I'm writing to you because you have won the battle with Satan. Verse 14, because you're strong in God's word and you have it in your heart and you have won the struggle against Satan. Notice the early stage when you get God's word in your heart and you become intimate with God. It's that that defeats the enemy. That is the thing that will cause you to make it through the storm. This is the stage when strength that's in you becomes strength on you. In other words, you put it into action. You apply what you've learned. This is a stage where you go to the gym. Matt and Sissy are here. This is, this is a stage where you go to the gym and you add resistance. In the early stages, exercise is good, but not extra weight. Push-ups is good. Running is good. But not going to the gym when you're little and young and adding weight. It's the adolescence bracket where you can add extra weight or resistance that builds muscles. This is a time when we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to actually work through you. So when God gives you a word, you can share it on the microphone or with your neighbor or at school. Say, so, well, I just want to do it on the microphone. No, practice with your neighbor and with your friend your gift, and then we'll get to the microphone. 
Smile, everyone. (laughs) This is a stage when the storms come and you have that tendency to feel overwhelmed. But then you're reminded who your father is. And you rely on him to bring calm to the storm. This is a stage when you stand because you know he is faithful not to allow you to be tested above what you can handle. I remember I was going through a a difficult time in my business and um, I was driving down the road and I was talking to him. You know how you talk to him. Of course, sometimes it's right and then there's other times we get off sides this was one of those like mediocre times where I wasn't offsides, but I was letting them know how I felt. <laughs> and I was, I was telling him, I was reminding him as if he didn't know the challenges that I was facing. And I said, but God, you know, this situation and this and that and this and that. And he said to me, I'll never forget, it was on Old Polk City Road. How many of you know where Old Polk City Road is? Wow. I didn't think anybody knew where that was. I didn't know we had rednecks that come to church here. (laughs) It's okay. I'm, hey, I know where it is. I can be a redneck today and next month. I'll be an African. Because I'm going, for those of you that don't know, got the plans together. But I was telling him, well, what about this? And what about this? And God, I've tried to, you know, really stand firm and, and uh, trust you and all of that. But this is like getting out of hand. You know what he told me? He said, in heaven, all of the angels are supporting you and cheering for you. And inside of you, you have the Holy Spirit that will give you the power not to be overwhelmed, not to be destroyed by the storm, but rather to stand. This is a stage when you can stand because you know He is faithful, not to allow you to be tested above that which you are able This is a stage where you beat the devil by using the word of God, just like Jesus did in the wilderness. The devil got slapped upside the head with the word of God. He thought, well, I'll go out there to the wilderness where Jesus is fasting and where he's alone. Not wrong, wrong, wrong. With the word of God, just like Jesus did. It's in that adolescent stage or that in-between stage that we handle the storm by God's help. And our faith is increased to believe God for the impossible and the supernatural. Are you there? I just ask you. Are you there? If you're not there... Not condemning you. 
You'll get there. You'll get there. You keep finding out who God is, who your father is in Scripture. You will overcome. It's the in-between time when we kick the devil's butt. It's that time. We exercise. We exercise our faith. We're given the opportunity to believe God or doubt him. Which will you do? Say, well, that's 161 mile an hour winds. Didn't he calm the storm? We need people like this who then will move to the third stage, stage three, fatherhood and motherhood. Now, let me, let me define that because there are people out there, not in here, out there, who are their definition of spiritual fathers is codependent. In here is where you find your father. In the early stages is where you find out who your father is. But then there's fatherhood and there's motherhood. Verse 13, I say these things to you older men and women because you really know Christ, the one who has been alive from the beginning. Verse 14, and so to you fathers who know the eternal God, eternal God. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. People, these are people who have walked with God long enough that they have a story to tell about God's faithfulness. And it's their story. Nothing wrong with your story, but they've lived it and they have a story where they bear witness of what God can do, where they have a testimony, where they are full of faith because they've lived through the storm and their house did not fall. They went through the infancy stage where they found out who their father was. And then they fought through the adolescent stage and they were victorious over the devil. We need parents who will remind us who Jesus is. When the world says there's many gods, they remind us that there's only one with a specific name. And at that name, every knee will bow and confess and that he's coming back to those who eagerly look for his appearing. Does that word eager define your relationship in pursuit of God? I'm just asking. How eager are you? Well, you know, I, I got all these kids and I got, I got a, you know, I got, a, I got a, all these hours I got to work. No. Okay. It's true. You do have to take care of those kids. You do have to work those hours. But how eager are you about his return? Has the priorities kind of got jumbled out of place? There's a whole generation out there 
that's looking for answers in how to keep their house standing through the storm. Let's be a body that's committed and diligent to do whatever he asks us to do. At your job, being single. Hey, guys, those of you that are single, it is very, very important that you do what God tells you. Being married, being a parent, having a ministry or being involved in a ministry. It's very important that you're led by the Holy Spirit, that you're faithful, that you have integrity, and that you stay or you remain. I would encourage you to find your place in this body and build your house. To identify the stage that you're in. To embrace the stage that you're in. To take advantage of the stage that you're in. Or maximize it. And to build your firm foundation. To be properly placed in the body. So that you can add your supply. Can I tell you? Heart of the Father needs you to have your house standing. We need each other. You need my house to stand. I need your house to stand. So that we can have deep relationships with God and give our testimony, our experience of what God has done for us. Let's stand together. Worship team, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to look at your foundation today. Examine it. You say, well, I'm not into that. Well, you better be into all that. No one knows what tomorrow holds. You say, are you trying to strike fear in my heart? No, not. Jesus said tribulation would come. That's what he said. He didn't say when. I can't tell you over the years how I've watched people. Everything seemed great, and then the next day, This is why your foundation has to be firm in Christ. I'm going to ask the worship team to do this song again. I'm going to ask you to sing it along with them. I'm going to ask you to look at your foundation. Maybe you, you may be here and you're not even saved. You don't. You don't know anything about God. You know you got sins because your conscience is bothering you. If that's you, you could be saved for 175 years and still have sin that needs to be forgiven. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come. 
because I want to pray with you. Okay? Say, well, I'm, I, I'm shy. That's okay. I'm embarrassed. Doesn't matter. This is worth everything in the world. If you need to get right with God, come and stand right here. Come and stand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Anyone else want to come? You, you, you may be in a storm, and you need God to come through for you. I've been there. No pride. We all come to the foot of, of the cross. That's where we meet Christ. Say, well, everybody will think I'm a bad person. Nope. We just want to get right with God. We just, we just want to serve Him. It's not, it's not because we're fearful of a storm that may come and we might need, might need Him. You need Him whether you're in a storm or not. You may think that you have everything under control. You might not tomorrow. We simply come and we lay it down and we ask for his help. We ask him to forgive us and guess what? He does exactly that. Then when the storms of life come, he's right there with us. He's right there with us. If you want to come and sing with the worship team, I'm going to leave this up to them and I'm going to have Brandon close it whenever. But if you want to come up and you want to sing, or maybe you want to come and talk to God, maybe you want to ask him, what stage am I really in? Did I abort the early one? It's not too late. You can find out who your father is because he'll meet you right where you are. Let's sing together.